Welcome to the first episode of Off the Course, a new podcast from the GCI Superintendents Radio Network. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine. My guest today, Alex Studeman. A lot of you know him. He is the uh, Director of Golf Course Maintenance Operations at the great, great TPC Deer Run, in charge of the John Deere Classic every summer. Alex, how are you? What's going on? Hey, Matt. Great to, great to uh, hear from you. Things are going well. When we talked a couple months ago, and maybe some folks had the opportunity to read uh, the Q&A with you at golfcourseindustry.com, we talked about kids' movies, because we have kids who are fairly similar in age. We've both seen Moana a lot of times. We talked, obviously, about the John Deere Classic uh, and, and a lot of other things. We talked about mental health. But today, on the first episode of Off the Course, a new podcast about literally things off the course, away from work, uh, we're going to dive a little bit into maybe something that's not as covered either by us or maybe discussed at large uh, with the superintendent community, is skin care. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, skin cancer is very real. Uh, skin health is very real, especially when you're outside 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And you said something to me in an email, Alex, not too long ago about how you go to the dermatologist every single year. So chat me up. Uh, how did this start, and, and why, do you, uh, why do you take such great care of your skin? Well, you know, Matt, you know, we're in a business that, that we're spending so much time trying to take care of a golf course, whether it be you know, green speeds or rough heights or you know, even looking out for our own staffs that, that many times we fail to look back in the mirror and take care of number one, um, whether that be in our mental health or, or in this case, our physical health. And, and I think it really hit home for me uh, after I moved to Texas and, and being out in the sun on a construction site. You know, we were standing on multiple acres of bare sand, and you almost felt like you were being fricasseed out there in the sun. And recognizing that the easy, you know, just like with a turf disease, the, the, uh, the easiest way to avoid the pitfalls is prevention. And to spend an hour, if that, of, of one's day once a year to go in and have a doctor log your molds and talk to you about how you're taking care of your skin. So, you know, to avoid what can potentially be a very life-changing and life-risking uh, disease with uh, melanoma, um, it, it's a, uh, it seems pretty easy to me. And then, you know, uh, to follow that up, my father... Uh, grew up on a farm, you know, sitting out on the cabless tractors plowing fields, and, and here a number of years ago he had to do treatment for basal cell carcinoma on his face. Uh, and it's a terribly painful experience and, and uh, one I'd, I'd certainly like to avoid uh, looking to the future. So uh, to dedicate that little bit of time to take care of number one is, uh, seems to be a pretty easy endeavor uh, in the big picture of things. You talk about your dad. You grew up a little farther north uh, from Illinois. You're a you're a Minnesota guy, right? Your dad's yep. farm was in Minnesota. Yeah, my you know the 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 farm my dad uh, grew up on was just west of uh, Minneapolis, and okay. and uh, and then uh, you know as a child I was a I was just a, a suburban kid, but uh, hearing all the stories and and when he'd go home to visit you know grandpa and grandma and and seeing all that and learning those experiences, you you see a lot of parity in the work that he did out on the farm as to what we do is, as I like to joke sometimes, we're just grass farmers. You know, our crops just mowed a little shorter. Uh, 
learned a lot there and, and trying to apply that uh, moving forward. You're in your early 40s now, Alex. Uh, how old were you when your dad kind of went through all that uh, with the carcinoma? You know, it was uh, I was probably in my early 30s. Okay. And what's interesting about it now is actually I was just talking with him the other night is now he is he has even gotten into seeing his dermatologist on a regular basis and I think he's in every 6 month or just with his history but each time he goes in there you know they're they're watching anything and everything and they're able to you know burn off a little mole that looks a little suspect or take a look at something or follow up in a you know a 60 day period and you know it's it's like it's just a solid plan a solid prevention plan and and uh um seeing him at, you know he's um 70 plus years old and having to deal with that now i i hope that when i'm 70 that doing what he's doing now and doing it in my 30s and 40s will will pay dividends. Did you start going every year before his carcinoma scare, or was it kind of because of that that you started going every year? You know, it was before that. You know, uh, you know, moving to Texas was kind of the catalyst to really do it every year. You know, I would be at the doctor for a physical and go, you know, hey, doc, what do you think of that mole? Oh, it looks fine. It wasn't until I got to Texas going, you know, I really need to see a dermatologist, you know, get examined head to toe, um, really probe the doctor to, to not only just, you know, for, for most of us, you know, we're concerned about our arms, our hands, the back of our neck, things like that. But it, uh, skin does not have to be exposed to sun to develop a lesion, you know. So looking on my scalp, you know, on on my ears where a hat may cover on my back, you know, things I can't see on a day-to-day -day basis, um, you know, became even more important in seeing that, that dedicated trade in a dermatologist to help me with that, um, you know, really gives me a peace of mind. It might be tough in the industry, especially for folks on their way up. They're moving maybe to different parts of the country every two or three years. You've had the luxury of, of being at TPC Deer Run for a little bit now, have you built up a relationship with the same dermatologist? You know, I have. You know, I've been here now for six golf seasons and been able to locate a dermatologist in the area that um, he's been able to measure, you know, any moles that are of more prominent size, uh, you know, th throughout my figure here and, and being able to each year go on, you know, seeing no change. Don't worry about it. Hey, let's keep an eye on this one. This is something new and he has that history there and it's all documented and he shows it to me and it, and it makes life uh, pretty routine going to see him every August. And right at the peak of summer is that by design or is that just how it kind of kind of works? You know honestly <laughs> honestly it just happened because I try to get all my doctor's appointments done right <laughs> after the John Deere Classic. So. <laughs> that makes sense. You're working super hard through early July, mid-July. Yep, very hard to get, very hard to get out of the office then. But once the tournament's out of the way, you can kind of duck out after lunch if you need to and go, uh, go take care of your doctor's dentist appointments, what have you. You've got a really good group of assistants and, and AITs, assistants in training there at Deer Run. I had a chance to talk with with a few of them when I was there a couple months ago. Have you been able to pass this information along to any of them? Have any of them kind of heeded advice from you on this? 
you know, it, it's more of a lead by example. Hey guys, I'm going to the dermatologist. You know, I'm I'm not one to you know beat it over their heads, but um, uh, fortunately, one of my 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 only assistant is a very fair-skinned redhead. That's right. Uh, you know, and to follow in the stereotype <laughs> that many uh, dermatologists speak of, those are probably the highest-prone individuals to uh, not only getting sunburn but also getting skin cancer. So, so for from that standpoint, it um, it's been easy for him. And then you know, the other two guys, they're younger kids, and you know, I, I'm just the same. You know, when I was an assistant and fresh out of college, you know, it was make some money, work a lot of hours, and and go enjoy life. You don't think about those things that can impact your long-term health 20 years down the line. You know, so it's it's um, trying to do the best we can to spread that message. And I think the advent of uh, social media and, and other forms of instant information, I think, helps that. Um, I know I was on Facebook the other day, and, and a gentleman that I've known – uh, that was in the TPC network for a while, a guy by the name of Dave Davies. Mm-hmm. He chronicled um, having a carcinoma removed from his nose on Facebook, and it was uh, it looked very painful, um, and it was quite a process for him. And, and for, for people like myself and people like uh, the younger assistants to see that, I don't think there's any better way to sell seeing your doctor, seeing your dermatologist. Your dad's carcinoma was that? Where was that on his face, Alex? It was actually kind of all over his nose and his cheeks. So he had to use the. Um, it's a it's a chemotherapy. That's a cream that literally burns away those cancerous cells, and you spend a a couple of weeks in a very uncomfortable state. You can't go outside, um, just because your skin is so sensitive. Um, let alone, it, you're kind of, from an appearance standpoint, much worse for wear, um, <laughs> for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know. So, you know, but it, luckily for him, they they caught it at that point where he was able to use the cream and then the skin and its, its ability to, to repair itself, you know, there, there's no sign of it anymore on his face. Well, that's about as fantastic a bit of news as you could have had on that. Correct. You know, and, and again, him growing up, you know, sunscreen, long sleeve shirts, hats even. It was just, you know, go out and plow the fields, go out and, you know, get things harvested, go out and do this, go out and do that. They're just out on the farm, probably shirt off, you know, and just sitting back enjoying the sun. So when you were down in Texas and you started going to the dermatologist, and now obviously since you're back in in Illinois where you had been beforehand at Deer Run, what were you looking for in a dermatologist? Was there anything specific, any sort of history, any any sort of special needs that you had in terms of in terms of uh, skin health? You know, honestly, I was just looking for somebody that you know, would relate to me, just like, you know, when you're interviewing for an assistant or, okay. you know, is, is somebody that, you, is, that you're not going to feel just like another number on the books. You know, hey, I'm meeting Alex at 2 o'clock. Okay, well, that's, uh, I'll be done with him at 2.15 and I'll go on to Mrs. Johnson. You know, he, 
doctor came in, sat down, he's like, okay, what do you do for a living? How, how long are you outdoors? Here's what I recommend you do. And, you know, and in the process of that, you know, the doctor can elicit other commentary. And in, in my particular situation, uh, the first fall after I got back here, I, I had started developing it. Just I had just had a rash on my arm. I didn't know what it was, and I found out I've developed an al- uh, an allergy to fragrances. Really? You know, and you know the guy's like, "Hey, I want you to go talk to this allergist. They do a really good job. I think that's what we're looking at here, but I want to make sure." And it was just the 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 average fragrances that can be put into you know simple hair products and and lotions and things like that. And it was a simple change for me just to buy the, the things that say fragrance-free on the bottle. So not just like the cologne and perfume strips that are still put into print magazines, just absolutely anything with a fragrance. That's wild. Yeah, and it was and it was very random for me, and they couldn't say, well, hey, it's this exact fragrance, but on the test that we did on you, you showed uh, a hypersensitivity to fragrances. And so, you know, like the lotion I buy, um, it has SPF in it, but it doesn't have any fragrance in it. And I haven't, I haven't had an issue in five years now with it. And this is something you developed at like 36, 37, 38 yeah. years old without any prior warning? No prior warning. Wow. Just out of the blue, right after my daughter was born, of all things. I, I thought it was, you know, and it was probably exacerbated because a baby, you know, oh. you're putting... Yeah. Motion on them all the time. You're washing them all the time. I'm sure you know it's probably just more of than what was normal. Tons of new me. products in your house. Oh my god! That had never you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Oh, I do believe. Remember? <laughs> yeah. My daughter is right between your two. <laughs> We're in the same boat. So you got to construct a whole new closet in the house. At least one. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone the second mortgage to cover the cost of all those things. <laughs> So when you go in every August, you've got a dermatologist with, with great bedside banner. Now, under HIPAA laws, if we were to talk with your dermatologist, he or she couldn't say anything, but we're talking with you. So feel free to say whatever you want and whatever you want to share with folks. But what's kind of been the conversation here, Alex, these last five or six years about how you need to kind of attack things a little more aggressively than maybe someone who like me, who works in an office and, and is maybe out on a golf course two or three or four days a month. You know, somebody who's a more kind of a traditional office worker inside nine to five, maybe they go outside at the, the end of the day. You're out there constantly. How, how much more aggressive do you have to be on certain things, as I say? Well, I think it's, it's really kind of letting go of the misconceptions. You know, basic one is, oh, I put sunscreen on this morning. Well, you've been sweating for the last three hours. That stuff's gone. You know, it's a matter of constant reapplication. It's it's a matter of even if you've, you know, if you got like your the forearms is a great example that always is getting tanned. Well, a tan is just as bad as a burn. You know, you're still doing damage to your skin. So, you know, however you want to look at 80 years old is, is going to be uh, certainly reflective of what you do now. You know, and, and I think that's the biggest thing that, that I've gotten out of these visits is you've got to constantly reapply your sunscreen. You know, sometimes we don't have a choice, but pick those times of the day to, to get your, the brunt of your work done when the sun isn't as intense. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I know our brethren out in the desert oh my uh, tend to tend to focus their work, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, and get the guys off the golf course by lunchtime um, to kind of avoid that hottest part of the day. Um, you know, I think I think that goes a long way. I mean, I when I worked in Korea for six weeks back in two thousand ten, everybody there was in long sleeves all the time. I mean, it was it wasn't even a question. And were they a little bit warmer? Yes, but was their skin clean and protected? You betcha. Um, you know, and and they were really taking the the uh, the sun protection to a to a whole new level that I had never seen before. Um, it was kind of uh, you kind of felt bad, really. It's like, man, I'm really not doing anything compared to these people. You know, they really made made me look like a slouch terms of sun protection me and my ball cap and some spray on suntan lotion i was gonna say the last time i think i saw you the week of the john deere classic i can't remember i think you were wearing short sleeves i think you were wearing just a polo yep. shirt i didn't remember seeing you wear a hat i wasn't there the whole tournament week and that and that and i'll be the first to admit it you know that is my stubborn nature and what is probably puts me at the greatest risk is that i've got such a monstrous head <laughs> That yeah, I mean, like physically, this thing is like a eighteen-pound bowling ball. And what trying to put a, do you wear? You know, I I think I was like when I was in high school, I was like a seven and a half. Okay, that's pretty big. That's that's about what I wear, but that's at age thirty-five. You're talking like age seventeen. Yeah, I I couldn't even tell you now. So you know that I've always been steered away from hats because nothing would fit. Now my staff knows that it's hot and it's. A, you know, it, it, it's definitely a little more direct on the sun when I put a hat on. You know, should I have a hat on all the time? Oh, for sure. And that's, you know, I, I, I definitely uh, can admit that I am not perfect in, in taking care of uh, every aspect of my skin. And, um, but, you know, it's still, whatever effort you make is still a good effort um, to, to help protect yourself. You mentioned earlier it's kind of a an encouragement by doing. You do something, and maybe the rest of your crew sees you do it, and they start doing it. Have you seen any uptick in, say, bucket hats or, or wide-rimmed hats or long sleeve shirts on your crew? Because, you know, you're not in the desert, like you just mentioned, but the Midwest in May, June, July, August, September is, is still pretty brutal. Yeah, and, you know, and honestly – we did have that. I can't remember who it was on our staff that purchased a bucket hat, but it started. We've got probably four or five guys now that are wearing the bucket hats. And really, you know, and again, it was just a, a you know, follow the, follow the leader kind of deal. One guy grabbed it, and then the other guy's like, hey, where'd you get that? And, and it's, you know, you, you like to see those behaviors in, in any sort of thing in, in, in this team oriented environment when you find something that works you'd like to see it expand and since you started going really within the last 10 or so years have you gotten any kind of reinforcement from your dermatologist or i guess over the last 10 years your dermatologists plural uh, in texas and, and up in illinois about okay you you are doing the right thing this is helping we aren't seeing really anything um, that you don't want to have any any carcinomas or any melanomas, anything like that. You're you're kind of on the right track here. 
yeah, you know, and, and that's, that's what's nice about going in every year is that, is that the doctor can, can look at me and go, hey, we haven't seen any change. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, or, hey, you know, we noticed this one's starting to change size. Come back. You know, I, I haven't got it, gotten that comment from them yet, um, and I hope not to, but it's, it's good that they're seeing it at least annually um, to, keep, to have that baseline. And that's the important thing is just regularity, continuity. Uh, you know, a lot of us are stubborn. We say, well, I'm, I'm healthy. I feel good. I don't need to go in this year. But it's just to have those numbers every year, to have those kind of images every year, that's, that's important. Oh, of course. You know, just with anything that we do. Um, and I think there's so much parity as to, to all the time and effort that we put into our turf grass or into our assistant development or into our budget formulation that we can easily move right into our own personal health. You know, you, social media can be your best friend, your worst enemy, you know, and, and personal health is certainly that. You, can, you see these people on the web going, yeah, I just got two hours done at the gym and I'm going to have me a protein smoothie and I'm going to... And it's like, wow, I don't have the time for that. I can't. And you get kind of discouraged to working out when, in fact, if you would just go home, grab your wife and kids and go for a walk, mm-hmm. that's good. That's great. And, and, it's, and it's the small things that will add up. And just going to the doctor and getting your skin checked out or, you know, making sure you're putting on enough sunscreen those little things, they all help. It doesn't have to be a perfect, uh, a perfect execution on everything. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I know the last time we talked, you talked about social media a lot and how it related to mental health. You know, ev- everybody's in a different spot. Uh, not everybody can go to the gym for two hours. And, and like you said, sometimes that's what I do. I go for walks, whether it's with my wife and daughter or, or just solo. But, uh, you know, you, you do what you can, and, and obviously you, uh, you take care of yourself in every way you can. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and the, the peace of mind that I get from at least doing those little things is, you know, for me goes a long way. Um, and I think it carries over. And, hey, if you know your, your skin health is good, you're not worrying about it, okay? Well, that allows you to focus on your work or allows you to focus on your family, whichever is front and center at that moment you just don't have one more thing tossing around up in your cranium uh to to take your attention away one last question kind of about skincare and we can we can dive into anything else that's going on off the course for you especially these last couple of months you've mentioned and now i'm not a medical professional you're not a medical professional we're only going with with what we know if you are seeking professional medical help do go to a doctor do go to a dermatologist this is just you know personal anecdotal information here correct but but you mentioned obviously reapplying sunscreen uh you know even every couple of hours if you're sweating it off especially in the summer you know potentially long sleeves a number of your your guys started wearing wider brimmed hats is there anything else alex that you're doing that you may not have been doing, especially before you started seeing uh, dermatologists when you were down in Texas on the TPC growing down there, um, that that have worked for you or that have worked for others around you? 
Well, you know, I, and I'll I'll give my wife all the credit for this. Is you know most people are just hey you know I'm about to go out in the sun I'll apply sunscreen or skin moisturizer whatever you want to call it and you know my wife got me religiously putting on lotion every day you know at lotion with an SPF it you know just from overall skin health you know that it's staying it's staying moist it's 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 not you know cracking and and all of that that just opens up the door to to other things just as like with mowing with dull blades out on the golf course, it's never a good thing for the turf. You know, it's it's setting a good foundation then of that your skin is already prepared to go out in the sun, and then adding the sunscreen is just that additional barrier. And I think that I think I've learned a lot from my wife in that regard from my single days, where it's just kind of like, okay, shower, comb the hair, brush the teeth, and out the door. You know, kind of deal. <laughs> that that the preparations that that uh, she has taken on her whole life, um, that my wife, when she's my age, is still probably going to look 20 years younger than her actual age because she's, she's been so meticulous about, about those behaviors, whereas uh, I, I can honestly say I was a late arriver to the party. And while she was never in the maintenance side of things, she is a, a golf industry veteran you two met on the course at, at Deer Run. She was working in the restaurant, right? That is correct. You know, so she, she knows the whole game. She is a tried and true turf wife and and uh, tried and true living the turf life. <laughs> you know, but she's in the same boat as a lot of people. She's a school teacher. She's That's inside right. the better part of the day, but you know, she's doing the same things that I'm doing to prepare to work outside. She, you know, she's taking care of herself. You know, she actually just had her uh, der- annual dermatologist appointment last week. Um, you know, again with our with the same same uh, doctor I go and see. So it's uh, uh, you get a little more connectivity um, having you know when your when your family shares the same uh, medical professionals. You know, there's a greater understanding of not only the physical part of it, but the the mental and the personal and all the other factors that are going in there, where a doctor can really um, appreciate your personal situation and um, you know really relate to you better. And everybody's, not everybody, but most people's biggest legacy is their children. You've got two yeah. young girls, and, and they yeah. see both of you uh, doing this from early on. I'm sure that makes that'll make a difference for them down the road. They're what they're five and two right now. Five and two, and it's amazing what they remember. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> You know, my 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 oldest was bringing up things from when she was two years old. Hey, remember when I did this? It's like, whoa! I didn't even, you know, she was the one refreshing my memory. <laughs> you know, so when you know when when it comes down to behaviors, you really have to recognize that every little move you make is is going right up into those neurons and being stored. And it can be it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing, but it's all about how you approach that with your children. And, and I hope that if anything, you know, 20 years down the line and my kids are some shaking their he- head at their old man for the crazy things he's doing, they can at least look back and go, you know what, he set me up well for taking <laughs> care of myself. Yeah. In all respects, skin, health, just life in general. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully they don't take life too seriously. It's it's too short to, to get caught up in the uh, – the humdrum of life. Just live it. 
A.C. Musgraves saying we only get so many, was it, we only get so many trips around the sun? That's right. That's her lyric? Yeah. That's right. So, you know, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I work for a superintendent, and I've, I've stolen his line, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, some things you can't change, so just accept it and carry on. You're through with the uh, the John Deere Classic, and I know we're not talking about golf at all, at least what's on the course. Uh, but in these last couple of months, I know when we talked, you said probably about 30 to 40% of your weekly focus year-round is on that tournament, and, and it makes a lot of sense. It's a great tournament, uh, regularly the most involved community, uh, according to PGA Tour numbers. I think you guys have raised, what, $13.5 million uh, in the last year for that tournament, the, the city of uh, Moline and the Quad Cities have. Uh, so it's a big deal. All eyes are always on that. Now that it's kind of in the rear view and you're looking ahead to 2020 here in the next 10 months, what are you doing? What's going on off the course? You know, really, it's it's all about um, figuring or, or uh, delineating what was truly a success, both operationally and agronomically, and going, okay, what factors brought that to us, brought that success to us, whether you know whether it was in our control or not, and 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 putting that in the books for next year, but also saying, okay, what do we want to do better? And again, that can mean anything from how how we bring our volunteers in the meals that we eat to okay what are we what are we going to fertilize fairways with next year and all of these questions are constantly being cycled you know and then we're we're even beyond that going okay John Deere Classic what are you seeing for 2020 what are your plans and how are things looking up for for structure layout and and all of that so that we're, we're just taking it off in little bites right now such that from, you know, September 4th, 2019 through July 6th of 2020 when that, when that first ball is struck in the Pro-Am, you know, we've methodically worked through it. And it's, uh, and it's really enjoyable because right now you can kind of grab that project and look at it and go, hey, we really want to improve this area. But there's not the pressure to get it done, as I like to say, yesterday by launch. You can kind of look at it, maybe get a layout, get a few quotes, a few scopes done on it, and, and then step back and go, you know what, I'm going to look at this again in another week. And I think the ideas that come out of that type of planning process, you, you end up more times than not with a very strong solution, one that has good buy-in from all interested parties, um, and one that you don't have to go back on and change or fix. You know, so that's a lot of what we get to do right now, and it's, it's a lot of fun because you're just kind of, uh, you know, kind of sticking a marshmallow over the fire, letting it roast a little bit, and then pulling it back out and, and um, putting something else in there. And, and uh, we get to enjoy that this time of the year while also, you know what, leaving work at work. It doesn't have to chase us home. You know, the tournament with all the different vendors you can get home at a decent time at night, but usually the phone's ringing from from somebody or for, regarding something. You know, so I really I really enjoy that this time of the year where where things have kind of settled down and and you can say to yourself, "Yep, it'll be there tomorrow for sure." <laughs> Did you get a chance at all to take a few short days to head home at 
one or two right after the tournament, and I, I know you were looking forward to uh, at least the opportunity to just lounge on the couch while while the girls maybe watch Moana for the 312th time. Oh, yeah. we got. I think we got 312 to 320 taken <laughs> care of in the process. And, and, and fortunately, with the great staff that we, that we have here, I was able to take a couple days and take the family down to St. Louis. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and late, late in the month, and, and it was a good time and, and a good refresh. And, and it's always good, especially after that tournament when the course has gotten pretty beaten up, to not look at it for a couple of days because um, you tend to get tunnel vision. And all the little nuances start to stick out at you a little too hard. And, and to be able to just look the other direction and go look at some red pandas at the St. Louis Zoo and sit in the planetarium with your daughter on a hot summer day, it was uh, time well spent. Step away. It's not going to look perfect tomorrow no matter what you do. Exactly. There's always something that will catch your eye. Well, Alex Sudeman, thanks so much. Anything before we let you go, anything you want to plug, anything you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? You know, I, I just still stress that, and I love what's going on in our business, Matt, and this, this uh, great conversation we had is just a, a piece of that bigger thing is, is that, you know, we've always been so focused on holistic turf care, and it's nice to see us now talking about holistic life care you know the golf course is part of our lives we enjoy being out here we enjoy doing this job but to be able to continue to do that we got to take care of ourselves take care of the the people aspect that is our staff not their skills not how good they are at spraying or fixing pipes or mowing grass how they are as people as part of our group and and it it's just it's such a good thing to see our industry doing things like this and talking about it and and looking out for one another, it it uh, I think it's pretty unique if com- compared to some uh, some more corporate, shall we say, uh, industries. It is a great industry, and uh, if folks don't know, if they haven't joined you already, we are what we're about four months and change, about four and a half months away from the golf industry show in Orlando mm-hmm. in January. You'll be in the run club. I'll be there in the run club. Hopefully I'll be down about 10 or 15 pounds and running a little faster by then. But uh, <laughs> went for a run last night, felt felt pretty good. The Achilles doesn't feel too tight. Yeah, the wife and I did a cycling class, so she, she looked like she was about ready to, to injure me for taking her there. But <laughs> uh, we, uh, we pounded out 30 minutes on the bikes, and, and uh, we're actually doing a 5K here in, uh, I think, about a week from this Saturday. So it's going to be good. Well, he's Alex Studeman. You know him as the Director of Golf Course Maintenance Operations at TPC Deer Run, one of the big, big folks behind the uh, very big team success of the annual John Deere Classic. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine. You can catch me on Twitter, M-A-T-T-L-A-W-E-L-L, or GCI Magazine. That's on Twitter, also on Facebook, and, of course, golfcourseindustry.com. Also, on the Superintendent Radio Network, get more great episodes of Off the Course. Alex, thank you so much for being our first guest. And Tartan Talks and Greens with Envy, new episodes dropping every month. Alex, thanks so much for taking the time. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Matt. Have a great one, man. (laughs) 